Welcome to the Flawless Takes Podcast, the podcast where we talk about hirings, firings, and Thanksgiving. My name is Christian Miola. I am here with my partner and co-host, Chris Landera. How are you doing, Chris? Very torn tonight, Christian, because we are approaching my favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. Okay. But we are also coming off a horrible, embarrassing wrenching loss on Monday Night Football for our beloved New York Giants. Yeah, that was uh, – we were texting a little bit about that. That one hurt. I don't know why. It, it just felt bad. And I, I've seen the Giants lose a lot lately, and I don't know if it was Tom Brady. I don't know if it was the Monday night off a of bye or, or what the, the attributes of this particular loss were that made me feel so shitty. But this one got me for some reason. More than the Rams earlier in the year or the Broncos or, you know, the even the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys game is probably the other one that sucked the most. But, man, this one this one hit yeah. me in the gut a little bit for some reason. Not sure why. Maybe, maybe also because we were actually a, a little bit healthy for this game, not, not missing as many players as we normally are. Yeah, I think that that's probably part of it. And and also they're coming off a bye. And in that time, a lot of, you know, teams that are kind of that I think of within our tier have gotten some wins and look bad, better. You look at the team like the Eagles have kind of come on a little bit. Um, you know, you look around the league, you know, these teams that were three, four win teams are now five, six win teams. And, you know, we are just still within a lower tier. And it's pretty obviously we're squarely in the, more in the the Lions, Jets, Texans realm than, you know, that sort of team on the rise realm, which, you know, as negative as we've been at times on the Giants, this one really smacked me in the face in terms of how poor our team is. And, uh, you know, there were consequences, right? So breaking news, I'm I'm sure everyone listening to this knows this, Jason Garrett was was fired today. Um, We think he's going to probably be, effectively replaced by Freddie Kitchens. Um, we were, we've been down on Garrett. Or I know for a fact I have been since the initial hire. Um, I didn't think they should hire him. I didn't think they should bring him back after last year. So he's been sort of, you know, America's most wanted Giants uh, scapegoat. And, you know, he's the first dominant to fall or the first scout to be taken. I think. Um, and now it's just a question of how deep do the Maras decide to cut from here? And and we certainly haven't been on Jason Garrett's side because if our loyal listeners remember correctly, I actually said that Jason Garrett would be out the door midseason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get your diamonds. Play that flawless takes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Play that flawless take music. Diamonds are forever. Just imagine. The diamonds are forever. Diamonds. Yeah, because I can't do production, but you know, imagine <laughs> that's playing in the background here. Um, yeah, so that that was a great call by you. So, um, but I nice think call. more. I I think you're right, though. I I was thinking earlier, and you you literally said exactly what my thought process was earlier. The first first domino to fall, because I don't yeah. think anyone thinks firing Jason Garrett is a oh everything's great now we're fine we got rid of the bad play caller guy. You know, like onto the yeah. playoffs, that's yeah. that's not happening. This is more of a okay. This guy's gone now. If we keep losing, who's next? You know, I look at this firing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I 
I tweeted it out yesterday. I mean, it. this was a, a result of poor roster construction, which is on the GM, poor coaching, which is on Joe Judge and his staff, and poor execution. So there's players who are, who are you know, on the roster who are just not performing to the level they should. And so there, there's so many guilty parties here. I mean, you could say – even go one further and say, yeah, it's ownership for, you know, having the wrong strategic vision and making the wrong hires and, Mm -hmm. you know, over the course of, you know, the space of 10 years or whatever it is. Um, But we we don't get to fire the owner. We don't get to fire anybody, but we can at least complain about it on Twitter. Um, So, you know, it's, it can't get much worse. You know, you, you saw the stats out there from an offensive perspective. Under Jason Garrett, Giants never scored 30 points in, uh, you know, 24 games or however mm-hmm. many it was, which is kind of remarkable in the league where, where points are, are are relatively cheap. They have the <clears throat> fewest amount of touchdowns in, during his tenure, you yes. know? So 42 touchdowns over that, that period. They average a touchdown and a half basically a game since he came in last year. That. It's not going to get it done. Yeah, yeah. fired with fired with cause, right? Yeah, yeah. it's not <laughs> like they were. Uh, they didn't look for a scapegoat here. It's like, hey, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you are not getting the job done, and so yeah. you're out the door. Yeah, and and I've been I've been spending this afternoon. Um, well, in case my employers let's say I've been spending the afternoon working extremely hard to uh, help my company grow and prosper. But I also found some time to read some articles about. Um, you know, the firing. And now what we're starting to see is sort of like the whispers, right? So, you know, now it's coming out. Oh, Joe Judge has, has been moving towards this for a while. Joe Judge didn't want to hire Jason Garrett to begin with, which I believe. I think that, I think it was said at the time that this was more of an ownership hire. That They like Jason Garrett. They have a relationship with Jason Garrett. Um, he's a ginger, so they, you know, they like that for some reason. Um, look at the history, folks. I'm just saying. Um, and, you know, the way Joe Judge phrased it in his press conference today was, he was recommended to me by ownership or the front office, but I made the hire. Yes. Like, no. So, he, he he owned it, and, that, he, and that's, right. That's fair, but it, it was it was. It was, you know, one of those things when you're a 37 year old new hire coach, and you know the owner of the New York Giants say, says, "Hey, take give we we like Jason this guy, so, yeah, yeah, you know the deal, right? Like yep. that's how yep. it works." But he, Jason Garrett was the only coach on the staff with no prior connection to Joe Judge, so you know, I think from his perspective, maybe at this point he's thinking, "If I'm going to go out, I, you know, I got seven games here, I got to go out with my guys, so I, I can respect that a little bit." Um, Freddie Kitchens, the replacement. I don't know what your your. Do you have like strong Freddie Kitchens opinions, Dubs, from his Browns tenure? I, Did you you watch all the the eleven uh, by eleven, you know, uh, all twenty two <laughs> footage of? of I mean, of it's been Browns a couple years. It's been a couple years now since he was at the Browns. Um, I if I remember correctly, he actually kind of started out hot and then kind of fell off a cliff, and yeah. it got. It got bad, real bad, quickly. Um, yeah, well, he, listen, he, I, he, um, he replaced he brings, Jackson, right? So he kind of did a similar thing. He came in for a struggling team and showed improvement. So we'll I, I see. mean, I, I think our number number one complaint with Garrett is that it was just too 
too conservative of a um, attack for, in today's NFL. I think Kitchens will be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Will 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 we be success, successful in what he's drawing up? I I don't know. That's to be seen. I mean, I I would I hope I'm I hope so. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but um, yeah, I I I, I don't really I. I I don't have super high expectations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Freddie Kitchens, like I said, came in uh, for a bad situation in, in Cleveland in a, as one of a long string of bad situations in Cleveland, similar to the Giants at this point now, and made them slightly better as an OC and an, or as a re- interim head coach. And they get, they brought him on as a the full head coach, and, and at that and point, it, just... it did not go well. But yes. you know, as an OC. Um, you know, perhaps he has some success and can, you know, do something over this last seven games. It's a dangerous time though, right? Like if you, if you, if you're like us as Giants fans, what do you want out of this next seven games? Really? You know, do you want what, what I fear, I guess, is a right. false, a false right, right. hope. There's right? only two ways this goes. Yeah, completely go into the toilet and get a top five pick mm-hmm. or what you're getting to. We start gaining a little steam steam. Mm-hmm. That's not taking us anywhere this season to the postseason, but a couple wins that gets us to seven and 10. Mm-hmm. And there's a fake glimmer of hope that is, that is brought upon by, by that. Yeah. And that I, is the danger. Right. And and that hope is okay. It's we are making progress. Stay with the uh, the core brain mm-hmm. trust here, and you know, let's see what happens next year. I, I I just think that's that's not what we want. I I've come to the point where, in my opinion, and we'll talk about this more over the next few months. Is I Dave Gettleman has to be gone. Job one. All right. I don't want him making those draft picks. Come no. April. We are going to have two, most likely two top 10 draft picks. Yeah. And he, yeah. he cannot be the person who is making the call on those. Yeah, absolutely not. Can't happen. It just can't. Um, I'm not so much worried with free agency this year because he's blown out our cap for the next year. And so there's that much damage he can do. He's already done it. Um, but then, you know, the question becomes Joe Judge. And from what I've read, uh, you know, by the beat reporters and insiders, Joe Judge, if the season were to end today, would would be retained. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think Joe Judge has has been horrible, but also, you know, when we get to this end of the season, we're going to have a, a coach who's won, you know, maybe a, a, a fourth of his, a third of his games, you know, whatever it is, the winning percentage is not going to be good. So he's done nothing to earn his job. And the, the risk when you bring in a coach, which we've talked about before, and you say, this is our coach. And then you try to hire a GM on top of that is, right. is a problem, right? Like now you're, you're, you're automatically reducing the pool of GMs you have to choose from. Because there's some guys who are going to say, I don't want that constraint. You want to mm-hmm. hire me? I'm bringing in my coach with our his staff, and, you know, away we go. I'm not coming into some pre-cooked thing with, uh, you know, a holdover from the last regime. And 
you know, I, I think organizationally they have to go in and say, we need to start over with the best guy for the job. And if you're putting constraints on that, that job right. description, you know, that's a problem. And I want to so, talk about someone specifically, actually, yeah. someone okay. who um, often speaks out has during over the course of this season, every couple of weeks he's been, he's had something to say about the giants mm-hmm. and it's uh, his name is Lou Riddick. Yep. And uh, he was up for the Giants GM job, was passed over for David Gettleman. Mm-hmm. And um, he's kind of – I think he's a little spurned. He, he was a little spurned by that because I – Yeah. I mean, he, he knows he's, he's a better man for the job. But he's someone who may not be interested in working with Joe Judge. So – if if you're a Lou Riddick fan and you want to mm-hmm. you, you know bring him on board, you might want Joe Judge gone with Gettleman. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, you know I, I don't think that w- I don't think he would be he wouldn't be the worst direction for the Giants to go in. Yeah, I, I mean I've read the quotes too. I've, I've I don't know a ton about him, but um, he, they, he they come off as he's like a little salty. I think. He is but, a little salty, but I, but I like it because I'm salty right now, you know, yeah. about the Giants. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't pretend to to give insights on the best candidates for the job. I'll leave no, that to the professionals. No. But I would I would just say, you know, just from a, a top line, you just don't you're you're what do you have to offer as a Giants to a potential GM? You have what you would consider a premier franchise, you know, although they, they haven't lived up to it, but they still are in New York, huge media market, you know, history for Super Bowl wins, blah, blah, blah. Um, you have a good amount of draft capital in the next draft. And that's, that's about it. You have a roster that is, we've talked about it in the past, poorly constructed, Alex, sums of money to players who probably aren't worth it. Um, a lot of draft misses. You, you have no cap room to offer. So if you're, you know, if you're, you're serving that up as an enticement, you can't then say, oh yeah, and we've already picked your coach. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And like, we're going to, we want you to stick with Daniel Jones and we want you to extend Saquon. Yeah. Like you, right. you, they have to <laughs> let whoever it is, do that evaluation for coach personnel, the whole thing. And they have to end and ownership has to realize that next year, the giants are not going to be good. You know, you could bring in a new GM and he could be a magician, but we're not making the playoffs next season either with the current cap situation. Yeah. I mean, they will add players through the draft, but don't expect this roster to look too much different. Um, just it really can't look too much different. They have very little flexibility. Um, the good so, news is after next season, it does begin to get a lot better. Yeah. Next yep. season is really like what we have to cross over. So season three of the Flawless Takes podcast will be when it really takes <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, this is a slow burn. Yeah. You know, you got to stick <laughs> with us through the next 18 months and then it's really going to take off. Um, so anyway, we, we've spoken about this for a while. Anything else you want to touch on about the giants last night in particular? Well, during the game, I, d- I did want to talk about um, 
we, we, the offense got a lot of heat. Obviously, you scored ten points in an NFL game. You know, you you that's yeah. not going to get the job done. Yeah. But I I thought on the defensive side of the ball, um, the Giants like to use this approach with the, this two high safeties. That's a very conservative approach where you're kind of just giving up six and seven yard gains. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the same approach that teams have been using against Patrick Mahomes. And that's kind of the reason they've like slowed him down. And it's because he's been impatient with it ends up trying to throw deep because that's, he's used to throwing deep and just throwing touchdowns every play and it's not working for him right now. However, Tom Brady doesn't have that problem and he can just sit back there and pick you apart with eight yard passes and, you know, and they did that first drive of the game, right? Didn't get a third down. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just find it hard to believe that we have the same game plan on defense for Tom Brady that we do Taylor Heineke like that. That's basically like the defense we play against the Washington football team. Yeah. You know, I, I, and it just, it seemed so basic and so one dimensional. And I don't know. I was just like, I just, I I know the defense didn't play as poorly as the offense did, but I just Mm -hmm. thought that decision-making coach wise was very off-putting for me. But yeah, I mean, Daniel Graham is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde to me. Sometimes it, it looks like he's on top of it and he's out coaching his opposition and other mm-hmm. times he just seems like he's you know playing Madden I, I don't know it, it's it's a little troubling and you know the players aren't aren't getting it done either you know we, we're generating very little pressure um, you know the secondary the players who played well in the past were not gonna beat the Bradbury thing to death have not played well um, tough to do when Tom Brady is five, six seconds, you know, yeah. play after play. But yep. he's in an um, armchair back there. Yeah, but that's supposed to be the strength of the team. And they're not. And mm-hmm. I mean the offense is one of the worst in the league. So I guess just relative to that, the defense is better. But it's certainly not up to the level that I thought it was going to be this year. And just speaks to maybe the need to to trend to blow the whole thing up from a coaching perspective. Uh, outside of what we just talked about with the GM and all that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's take a, a quick – oh, before we do, um, just wanted to highlight we're not talking soccer deep because I know some people are, are a little, you know, I, I don't want to say anti-soccer, but I, I do hear some things. Um, <laughs> U, U.S. men's national team did not play, but seven of their players played in the Champions League today. Woo! So pretty impressive. That was a new, new record. Six of them started. And uh, Jordan Pifak, um scored a goal for the Young Boys, which sounds like a New Orleans-based uh, hip-hop group from like 2001, but is not. <laughs> um, is actually a Swiss team and uh, somehow related to uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah, they came up with a name a long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of young boys. Just a bunch of young boys, boys out there kicking a ball around. Kicking a, kicking it around, sweating. It's just having fun. <laughs> um, for some reason, I'm imagining the Zoolander gas scene in my head right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back with our Thanksgiving preview. And we are back. All right, a little something different this week, Chris. We we need a cereal break, um, so we thought we would do a little bit of 
Thanksgiving talk here. So Thanksgiving's coming yes. up a couple of days here. Uh, you know, for all our, our German listeners, is a U.S. holiday um, that, you know, obviously focuses on a, a giant meal, as we all know. So I thought we could do sort of a, a top five Thanksgiving dishes and sort of talk through our own personal lists of, uh, you know, favorites. Um, does that make sense, Chris? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was very excited when you came up with this idea after those uh, still still washing down the taste of those Lucky Charms. Harsh, harsh. And, and, yeah, it's not good. And, and as you said, Thanksgiving's your favorite holiday. So you're, you're a Thanksgiving over Christmas guy. I mean, stuff your stuff your face and watch football. I mean, Christmas is number one when you were a kid, but then you you hit a certain age and it, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. For you, you're still seeing your family, you know, mm-hmm. getting all the good family time in. But I, I, I don't know more upside with Thanksgiving. Yeah, for me. I, I'm trans. I've I've been a hardcore Christmas guy my whole life, but I'm trans because I like the whole season. I like the yeah. music. I like you know the build up. Yep. Uh, the day itself, I, I find generally more anticlimactic. Um, Thanksgiving is great because, like you said, all day there, there's no it's. It, while the the meal itself is a lot of work, it doesn't have as much um, to do. You don't have to wrap presents and shop. Yes. And it's like lower, the crazy it's lower pressure, lower pressure, yeah. lower stakes. Yeah. Um, and you get the four day weekend baked in all the time. You know what I mean? Like, and that, well, not everybody, but I, and it's, so. and it's also coming off like a long stretch. We were, we were talking about this earlier of like just a lot of weeks in a row where you're not getting any like break in between the weekends. Yeah. So I it's know. like a very welcomed four days. Labor Day was the last really sort yeah. of compulsory national holiday that every, I mean, some people get off uh, Christopher Columbus Day, I guess, but not me. Yeah, not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm out there in the the spreadsheet mines <laughs> as my Italian American brethren are are all celebrating in the streets. Um, all right, so let's get into it. We're going to do a top five of different dishes, and we'll sort of talk through our list. Um, we'll go f- five to one. So I'm going to start. My number five, turkey and gravy, the centerpiece of the meal, uh, controversial uh, sort of main course in some ways, which we'll get into. Um, what, any thoughts or feelings? Are you a turkey guy? I am. I am a turkey guy, a, yeah. a, a well-cooked turkey guy. Um, mm-hmm. I have it a little higher than you do, um, okay. but I, I don't find it. I think the sides are the are, are the the stars of Thanksgiving. So I'm not, I'm not hating on, on you having it at five. I think, you know, the thing is you have it in the top five. It can't Mm -hmm. be left out entirely. Like these people who have pasta or ham at Thanksgiving, it's like, yeah. Or or prime rib or or filet mignon. Like, yeah, it's, it's not the greatest meat, but it also doesn't deserve to be completely left out in the cold. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I'm glad you brought up this alts because this has become a thing. Like people are like, Make what you want, and fine. That's you. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. For me, I don't eat turkey that often. It's you know, I, I'll, I'll eat a turkey sandwich or a turkey wrap here and there, but I'm not roasting you know a 15 pound bird. No, uh, I don't think many people are. Often. <laughs> so you know, it's one of those things that for me, I'm just like, okay, it's part of the tradition. Let's engage in it. Yeah, sure. I like prime rib more. I'll make that on Christmas though. So. And, you know, I, I, I like the turkey as sort of a, a traditional ritualistic element yeah. on Thanksgiving. And I've gotten a lot better at cooking it. 
I do a lot of the cooking when we have Thanksgiving. And you and do the full turkey. Full turkey. I do a dry brine for a couple of days, which is basically salt and pepper seasoning and just leave it in the fridge um, to sort of dry out, um, which helps with like that crispy skin. And then I last year I did a spatchcock. So that's when you remove the backbone and spread it out flat so that, oh, um, okay. I know so that it cooks about. a little bit more evenly yeah. uh, because the, the challenge with really any very, any, very sadistic looking. Yeah. It does look like a torture thing, but the, the advantage is that your breast and your thighs cook um, evenly, which is always a challenge because you gotcha. can dry out the breast if you're trying to get the, the thighs to the right temperature. Uh, are you a dark meat or a white meat guy? I'm white meat. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I wouldn't say it like that, but yeah, I, I prefer lighter meat. Um, I wouldn't just be like, you know, white, white, white. I don't know. It's a little problematic. Um, so I, yeah, have, I, I have, I have a quick, I have a quick turkey tip for um, that. Dis- we discovered last year when we had our kind of pared down uh, COVID Thanksgiving, we had a lot less people. We just did turkey breast instead of an entire bird, yeah. And it, it and it it was it was better. It was superior. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's what part of the special. I guess because it's is. and it's smaller, so you can you can control it more. That's actually right. Yep. I mean, you can cook the breast to the exact right temperature. Yes, you don't exactly. have to work about worry about the leg or the thigh being you know ten degrees under. So um, yeah, that that is a, a good way to go if you're not serving. So if you're not people. doing 14 people, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can get away with it. Absolutely. Um, so what was your number five? Okay, so my number five is, and it's, it's my number five, it might be a little controversial because I think a, a lot of people wouldn't even consider it a, mm-hmm. um, a Thanksgiving side, and it's mac and cheese. Oh, okay, nice. Um, I, I, I enjoy mac and cheese, and it's, it's Thanksgiving, I don't think it's like a, a vital um, side, but I, I just, I think it, it just, it just creeps into my top five. Yeah. I, I, so I had this, I made like a, a, a note about Mac and cheese. I want to talk about it. So I'm glad it's on your list. It's not on mine. Mm-hmm. I, we don't have Mac and cheese traditionally in you know, either my family or my not, wife's Not family. everyone does. Yeah. I think it's more of a Southern thing. Um, yeah. typically. So, but I love Mac and cheese and would actually, consider maybe introducing it and replacing one of the lesser sides that I feel like there's, there's some lesser sides out there. We're not going to probably talk about them on our top five list, but uh, I I think Mac and cheese needs to make an entry. And the thing that it has going for it is that on the typical uh, Thanksgiving table, Mm -hmm. there isn't like a cheese based uh, side typically. So it, it brings that to it, you know? Now, now she, if I were to bring it in, how about this idea? Make it real Italian American, Northeast, North Jersey, and do baked ziti instead of yeah. which is basically mac and cheese with I've seen it, I've tomato seen it done. sauce. Yeah. You know, you can do that. So sure. Um, no, that's a good one. Uh, all right, moving us along. What's your number four? My number four was your number five: was turkey and gravy. All right, so we don't need to. We don't have the to rehash there. Yeah. Yeah. So number four, here's an odd one for me. I'm a cranberry sauce guy. Okay. Yeah. And there's a reason I, I, I would generally don't eat cranberry sauce, but I think within the Thanksgiving meal, which is so yes. heavy and yes. so fatty, the cranberry serves a good 
like mm -hmm. acid breakup of like you know everything else so it's a useful important dish to have even if it's not my favorite thing i'm not going to sit there and eat a bowl of cranberry sauce but i think it serves a purpose on thanksgiving so i did want to include that on my list and i think it serves another purpose too it's like a palate cleanser mm -hmm. it's it, there's yeah. nothing else you're eating on thanksgiving that tastes like cranberry sauce that's right yeah absolutely right that's a good yep. good point uh all right so moving on to number three I'll, I'll stick with mine. So I went into the dessert category here. I don't know. We didn't talk about rules, but I went this way. So I went apple pie, my top Thanksgiving dessert. That's it, it, apple pie, warm, little vanilla ice cream. Can't beat it. With it. So good. And, and it's not something I get a lot of homemade apple pie. Um, my so you're clearly old. apple over pumpkin. Like th those are the two the the two mainstays yeah. for dessert. Yeah. So I, my pumpkin, my mom would make the pies. Mm -hmm. Well, and my mom's apple was superior to my mom's pumpkin, so that might be coloring it a little bit. I I don't think I've ever had like a great pumpkin pie. You know, I, I've heard some people talk about the sweet potato pie is superior to the pumpkin pie. Again, more of a southern thing, more of an African American thing. I think in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, for me, apple pie is the tops. We're, well, although we're doing pecan pie this year too, so we'll have oh. to see if that gets in. A little too sweet for me, but you know, that's a southern thing too, right? Pecan pie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, how about your number three? Um, this is good. This is very anticlimactic, but it was cranberry sauce. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. We're we're just on the so same. We're page. we're just very on the same page here. I'm only like like one step off from you. Yeah. All right, yeah. so how about your number two? Now we're getting into the real Okay, now we're, get, now we're getting podium. into the big boys. My yeah, number yeah. two, the podium, yes. My silver medalist is mashed potatoes. Me too. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. I mean, I think we know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, go ahead. Give me your mashed potatoes. Mashed Wait. potatoes, I like very, very whipped, like real, real light. Mm -hmm. make, a, make a little, make almost like a little bowl out of it. And yeah. put some gravy right in the middle, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. You can, with... you can even use it as like a like a dipping for 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 some other whatever whatever else you got going on. Yeah, for a little I, while. It's that, and that's the beauty tremendous. Of the very whipped light mashed potato, which is my preference. Okay. This is the you know not to start marital discord, but there's other people who prefer like a you know a little bit of a, a, a baked potato or. Or a no, like, oh okay, just a, a chunkier mash. They don't yeah. want, they don't want the the mash to be so whipped, and they nah, like a little chunkier. Nah. I want it like I, a cloud, baby. Yeah, exactly. You just wanted like you can just like take it with like the tip of your your fork, and it like just you know I don't know. Um, I, I am also a big mashed potato guy. When we used to do fake Thanksgiving, I would do mashed potatoes a lot, and I would. I mean, the key is always just loading them up with butter and sour cream. And you know, you could do chives or garlic or any oh, other yeah. sort of aromatic oh, yeah. if you want to throw that in there. But um, you know, the key is just fatten them up and salt. It's just like, it's basically it's a, a salt and yeah. butter delivery right. device, which all the best foods are. And uh, yeah, you really can't. That, that. That's an, that's another thing that I, you just made me think of when I'm like setting up my plate, like for Thanksgiving, I feel like everyone has like started eating like five minutes before like I've got so much like work to do with like salt and pepper and butter and this and that. And, like, it's just, it's like a whole, you know, there's like a whole pregame 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it is. It's a science. You know, you want it just the way you want it. You're not going to have that meal. Right. More than, you know, once a year. So you, you want to make sure that you optimize for sure. Yep. Uh, all right. So what's your number one? So number one, which I'm guessing is also your number one, is stuffing. You're goddamn right. It's my number one. And it can be it can be a, a homemade stuffing that someone spent half a day working on or it can yeah. be stovetop. I don't discriminate. Just give it to me. Yeah, it's all good. You know, yep. um, I am a fan of a traditional, like you said, homemade bread stuffing. There's a recipe on um, Epicurious.com that I use. It's called Simple is Best. And it, it's it's super simple. But every time I make it, people go fucking bananas. So, yeah, so what, what, what do you have in there exactly? See, I, I'm a fan of I like a little sausage in mine. Okay, so that that's little I ground not, ground sausage. I do not do any sort of meat. I do not do any yes. sort of fruit or raisins or no, 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 cornbread no, 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 no or any of that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do that. Um, but uh, I do like the sausage. The key with the sauce, I don't do it. But the key when I've had it is like just a touch. You can't let the sausage overwhelm. Yes, in my opinion. Oh, I so agree. It's, all, it's a big ratio thing. But so my my classic is just you start off with uh, a base. You know, you're dicing onion, carrot, celery into like a dice, and then you're sautéing that in a shitload of butter. I, I when I make Thanksgiving, I literally probably use like 12 sticks of butter in the hey, meal. Like, like we it's, said, it's, it's once a year. It's, once it's a year. stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like I, I, I bought, you know, 16 sticks of butter for, for the stuff I have to make tomorrow for 30 people. But, <laughs> um, you know, so then you do that. And then the key is the bread. I like, I, I, I cut it a night before. I'm going to probably cut it tomorrow and lay it out. So it gets stale. And then, when you cook that in, it absorbs all the butter and all the oh, flavors in the air. Oh, herbs. I like that. So that that's a little tip there. You can also cheat if you don't have stale bread. You can just put it in the oven for like 20 minutes on like 200 and it basically stales it, Jeez. you know, dries it out for you. So you need to save uh, this for your cooking podcast. I, I do like, I do know my way around the kitchen a little bit. Yeah. So I can, I can, you know, anybody has questions, feel free. But yeah, for me, I will, I will go second and third helpings on stuffing again. Not something I get a lot of. If I do, it's not going to be homemade. Um, so I, I go hard on, on the stuffing when I get the chance. Can't go wrong when you're going hard on the stuffing. Man, so we our lists are pretty similar. I, I was really. going to say, I think what we learned here is that we pretty much experience the same Thanksgiving and enjoy the same type of Thanksgiving meals. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny. Like mac and cheese, um, I didn't have added just because I don't eat it. It's just not part of it. But like, if I were to bring it in, I, I bet it would. Yeah, uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad compliment. Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. I like it um, with the shit with like the shells, kind of like mm, the shells with like a cheesy sauce on them. I like the I like the yeah. shells. They're good for mac and cheese. Yep. Um, any like uh, I, we didn't talk about this, but any like get get out of my face uh, Thanksgiving sides or, or meal or dishes. I get out of my face. I would say mine is I'm not a big sweet potato man. Mm. So we we always have like a a sweet potato dish or a sweet potato casserole and yeah. I would say it's get out of my face, but it's, it's more like if I got, I'll come see you later if I have room for you, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not rushing to grab that bowl. Yeah. There's only so much plate real estate. Yep, so exactly. like it's a cut. I'm, I'm the same way with that. The one that I'm just like, see you later with is green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. Yeah. See, that's not a staple at ours, but yeah, well, it was not at mine either, but it, I've been exposed to it through 
um, you know, my wife's family and stuff. And like, uh, it's just, not of course it's that. the, it's the lumpy mashed potato person who brings up green bean casserole. Man, <laughs> now I'm getting a lot of trouble here. First with the Irish, now with my wife. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's the one for me that I'm just like, no, nah, no, thank you. Uh, you know, why am I eating green beans? I, I do sometimes, yeah, I'm Thanksgiving. I do, you know, I, if I do eat a green, like I'll take it. If you, Give me a good Brussels sprout. I'll do that. Yeah, you know um, what? I was just, I it just came to me. We don't do a green bean casserole because we just have we just serve like string beans, you know, yeah. like straight up. Which yeah. I actually don't mind, you know. Which I probably would prefer to the casserole. I I agree. Like a, yeah. just like a a fresher, just a fresh taste. vegetable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't need any more breading, you know, breadcrumbs, yeah, right. you know, French onion crumbles yeah. or whatever they do on that. Like I, I've got other ways to get to that goodness. So, um, all right, that's a good list. Yeah, I think we, I think we hit hit all the the majors. Yeah, absolutely. The, well, the studs. If you have any questions, check the show notes for our list and all the recipes. Enjoy that, um, and have a happy Thanksgiving though, to the yes. Flawless Takes family. Happy Thanksgiving, um, everyone. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hope you enjoy the show.